94.1 FM, 3WBC. And welcome to 94.1 FM, 3WBC. We're back again for another episode of VFL Rewind. Had a big round of VFL football just gone. There's some pretty big uh, games. There's a few upsets as well. And looking forward to going through it all in the next hour or so. As per usual, I'm joined in the studio by Peter Lausch. Lauschy, welcome to VFL Rewind. Thanks for having us, Brad. I feel a little bit strange because I had a little bit of a weekend off and um, did the local footy circuit, but I did pay attention to some VFL and VFLW games, so I'm in the right spot to report about them. Yeah, you, you, you'll you be well across it. You'll be more across it than me, mate. Um, you're, <laughs> you, you never miss a beat with the VFL. Uh, <laughs> we did have some some interesting games and some interesting talking points from the VFL, and um, one thing that I noticed uh, late, late Sunday afternoon... Um, Gone through all the scores, and I'm um, a bit surprised that all, all the uh, all the standalones didn't win. There was no standalone winners. I, I can't remember a time that's ever happened before. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a shame. Um, there was a few games where I thought uh, we wherever you were probably unlucky not to get a win um, against Gold Coast. I thought that would have been, but yeah, no standalone wins. Um, so. Yeah, a bit of a surprise. Well, luckily Port Melbourne had the buy, so it's not all bad news. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the borough had the buy, and I think Southport had the, the buy, buy as well. well. So <laughs> Southport would have won, potentially won as well. But yeah. Williamstown, I think, were unlucky. They had they had their opportunities against Geelong and went down by um, two goals. Like, who would have thought um, at the start of the year? If I said to you, Brad, Williamstown are going to be zero and five after six, would you have believed me, or would you have walked away and had a bit of a chuckle? I, I wouldn't have thought they were, they were going to be six and zip, and I wouldn't have thought they would have been zero and six. Maybe yeah. you know one and five or five yeah. and one, like. But the way that they've started, it's um, yeah, it's um, it says to me. I think someone said to me, Williamstown have made seven prelims in a row. Yeah, they've been always up there. Yeah, it says to me, what is what is the reason this is happening to Port Melbourne and happening to to Williamstown and happening to Werribee, where the winds aren't coming like they used to. Is it the under twenty one rule? Yes. Is it the salary cap? Yes. What is it? A bit of both. I think I think it's a bit unfair. Say, if you've got, for example, a St Kilda that are fully fit, um, everyone's available on the list, and you can play who you like at Sandringham, where clubs like Port Melbourne, Williamstown, um, Werribee. Um, all have to still abide by that under-21 rule. Now, if you came up against an AFL alignment side that was fully fit or just missing one or two players, I think they need to be a little bit flexible with that under-21 rule or under-23 rule. Um, and the other thing is, um, before I forget, what on earth is going on with Ben Jolly, mate? Come on, Essendon. You've got to give him a go. You've got to get him a, get him to that record. I don't know if it's even possible now. He's already missed three or four games, and Essendon don't look like they're going to be in the um, VFL finals either. Yeah, it looks like that one's um, potentially not going to happen, which is a real shame. And, yeah, hopefully hopefully he does play on next year um, at Essendon or another club. But just going back to the under-21 rule, yep. um, I think... 
I think the primary reason or part of the reason that was brought in is we went through a COVID period. Clubs were struggling financially. Yeah. Um, and the salary cap, I think, was reduced from about 380 or 400 down to 200 um, yeah. in 2020 or 2021. Yeah. And then it was increased to 220, I think, this yeah. year. Um, it, it makes it hard. It makes mm. it extremely hard because it means that you can't recruit, I guess, a 22 quality players because yeah. it sort of restricts you in what you can and can't recruit. It also means that each week you've got to have that six under 21s. And yeah. I think it hampers your, de- your development in a way. I think that the development league served its purpose. A lot of the players in the development league weren't on a lot of money, maybe a hundred or $150 is that yeah. to play. And they were professional athletes. They were training like with the VFL boys, the, ve- the development league served its purpose. Um, I think in, I think that if in an ideal world, oh, I know it's probably never going to happen, but I'd love to see the re- development league return. And if, if you want to cap players that say everyone in development league only gets $150 a game or something like that, 200, whatever it is, and you get rid of the under 21 rule, I think that'd be the ideal solution to, I guess, give some of these standalones more of a purpose and more of a um, opportunity to recruit. Right now, if I was an 18, 19 year old who missed out on the draft, but still had the dream, I would consider heading across to the Waffle or the SANFL purely because they've still got real clubs with um, senior reserve sides and Colts sides. Probably you wouldn't qualify for the Colts sides, but um, you'd definitely be in the reserve side if you got dropped out of the senior and you'd be playing all your football under the one umbrella. Um, I had a chat to Brody Carroll, who's the co-captain of Waratah, a few years ago, I was trying to lure him to a VFL club and he was busy with his work and all that. But he's now um, gone across the Peel Thunder in the Waffle. And the first two weeks he had to play in the twos, which is understandable because he virtually didn't do a pre-season with that club because he was playing in Darwin. But he made his debut on, on the weekend and I think he kicked about three goals. So you can see that the destination now is probably WA or SA. It is. And I think that's the sad thing that I guess we have become is because... We've seen a lot of boys from the Waffle and the Sandfield get drafted with mature ages. Yep. And um, the prime example is James Cheetahs, who played for Geelong. Yep. Um, couldn't get couldn't get drafted in Victoria. Had to go to South Australia, won a Marguerite medal, um, and went up to got drafted by the Gold Coast and is on their list now. So it's one of those things, I guess, um, if, if, if we're going to become an AFL reserves competition, so to speak, I think that you've got to still look after these standalone clubs um, mm-hmm. because otherwise... People aren't going to turn up. They're not going to turn up to games where it's going to be lopsided. No disrespect to Coburg, but their result on Saturday was Ooh. a very big loss. And I watched Coburg play, yeah. and they played some good patches of footy, but Collingwood just dominated them. They were just the far better side, had yeah. so much talent out there. Um, how I don't know how was how was a VFL side you can, um, I guess, match up against that when you've got to have six players under the age of 21. Yeah. Well, Collingwood, I, I don't know what Collingwood's VFL, uh, VFL list was, but I'm guessing they would have had a fair few 21 and unders there as well because of some of their drafties would still be running running around there. But it's just the um, difference between part-time footballers, full-time footballers as well, and um, the experience there allowed to carry in their side and all that. But, yeah, no, it is a concern. Hopefully something gets addressed in the... Um, if you should probably not this season, but at the end of the season, and or they sort of bite the bullet and say, "Listen, we're going to go back to a full-scale AFL reserves that includes the Adelaide and Perth teams, and um, we're going to have the VFL becomes our state league 
I don't, I don't, there won't be many teams in it, but um, obviously we can look at stronger local clubs like we did in the 80s when Springvale came through from the Federal League into the VFA and all that. So, yeah, I think, um, I think it's got to be a discussion that's had you know, within the clubs of what the, the model is moving forward because yeah. it does make it extremely difficult. Um, I did, didn't mention off the top that we've got three special guests on this evening. We've got Will Hayes from the Carlton Footy Club, mm-hmm. who's also on the um, Western Bulldogs AFO list. Yep. I've got Ryan Hebron, the skipper of the GWS Giants, having a chat to him a little bit later on, and Donald McDonald for the VFA Legend segment, having a bit of a chat to Donald about, yeah, two flags. Um, as I did want to ask you, Laoshi, and mm-hmm. I know you're you're a lot more across this sort of stuff than me, but would would I be correct in saying Donald McDonald was the last captain coach in the VFA and VFL that will probably ever happen ever again? I can't think of anyone else after him. Cap- um, the captain coach. Captain coach. What was David Teague at the Northern Bull Ants? A oh, premiership, premiership, uh, uh, yeah, being, yeah, premiership captain yeah, coach. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, no, he would. He is, yeah, yeah ninety three. No. I went through and all yeah. the premierships. I couldn't think of any of them played. Mm-hmm. David Teague, you're right. If he had yeah. one in two thousand and ten or nine, ninety three was still the VFA. Yeah. But he, Donald McDonald's also got a premiership at Box Hill, hasn't yeah, he? He was yeah, just, he was just a coach then yeah. in 2000, I think it was 2001. Yeah, so... So, yeah, yeah, two-time premiership coach. Um, Very yeah. well-credentialed Donald McDonald. And, um, yeah, not many coaches in the VFA have probably won two premierships at two clubs as a coach, so it's a pretty... Um, you wonder why he never... Um, he may not have been interested in it, but um, why he never got the call up to do AFL coaching. I know he was filling yeah. um, at Hawthorne and even at North Melbourne, wasn't he? Or, I think he... I'm not too sure about North, North but I know yeah. when Peter Swab um, re- resigned or... Yeah. Um, yeah, left Hawthorne that he did do a few games, maybe yeah. four or five for, yeah. for Hawthorne. But he's, I think he's got his job at um, Scotch College as well. So he's he's being well looked after. He's working at Scotch College and, and, North, and North Melbourne. He's at North Melbourne <laughs> so, as well, yeah. So. Uh, maybe, maybe it's less stress and um, getting well looked after. So um, who'd want to be an AFL coach these days? Yeah, exactly right. It'd be, it'd be a, um, a tough role. Uh, we did have some games on the weekend. I'll, I'll go through um, a few of the men's to kick us off. Uh, we had Coburg and, and Collingwood. Uh, Coburg, uh, 22, were defeated by Collingwood, 126. Um, just a domination by, by Collingwood. They absolutely played, played fantastic. I think Henry kicked seven goals for them, and um, that, was, that was a really good effort by, um, by him. Mason Cox did well in the ruck. Uh, the next game we had was Carlton versus uh, North. Big big win by Carlton. Just they just keep on playing great footy. Will Hayes had thirty eight disposals. Um, just he's he's phenomenal. He just keeps on racking up the big high thirty numbers. So yeah, Will Hayes said thirty eight. Paddy Dow uh, had thirty four as well. So went on to North. Uh, the next one we had was uh, Gold Coast and Werribee. Werribee uh, got beaten by two points, ninety one to eighty nine. Uh, a bit of a shock in this one, I think, Laoshi. Well, the Gold Coast actually had a bigger lead early in the game. So, um, you know, when you look look at it, it's sort of um, like there were seven goals up at, at half time. the Gold Jeez. Coast. So um, Werribee left their run late. Like it, it was the third quarter, Werribee kicked six goals, six goals, seven to one goals, two. So you look at that that third quarter, um, Werribee A came back, but probably um, the seven points didn't help him either. So had they converted one of those points to a goal, we'd be talking about a Werribee four-point win. Yeah, it's a fair point. They hit the lead twice in the last quarter and then and right on right on the siren, um, Gold Coast hit the lead. So yeah, yeah a bit of a shock. Uh, if you want to go through the next couple, Lashie. Yeah, um, at the Win Oval, we had the Bulldogs against Essendon and Essendon are still winless, unfortunately, in the VFL. Bulldogs third 13, 12, 90 to 11, 11, 77. 
Um, down at Geelong on Sunday, we had Geelong 10-6-66, defeated um, Williamstown 6-18-54. Williamstown still um, yet to register a win, and when you kick six goals 18, you probably don't deserve to win either. <laughs> like 20, 24 scoring shots to 16, and you've lost the game by two goals. Um, uh, up at the SCG, the Brisbane Lions had a very um, comprehensive win over the Sydney Swans. 17-12, 114 to 8-7, uh, 55. In the game at the Preston City Oval, talking about blowouts, it wasn't a good um, weekend for the um, northern suburbs standalone teams, that's for sure. Um, the GWS Giants, 23-10, uh, uh, 148, defeated the Northern Bullhands, 5-8-38, so 110-point win there. And the game you guys covered... Um, Last yesterday, the Casey Demons um, scraped home 10 19 79 to 11 6 72 against the Box Hill Hawks. And the Battle of the Beaches between Sandringham and um, Frankston. Uh, Sandringham won that by 47 points 15 9 99 to 7 10 52. And Richmond Southport and Port Melbourne had the bye in the VFL. Yeah, so well done to all the teams that got a win. There are a few few upsets there, I thought, uh, especially especially everyone talking up Werribee, and yeah, they, they got done. Um, also, um, Geelong, um, I thought thought Williamstown might have been a bit of a chance, and they, they could have won it, but they, they didn't. Um, yeah, and the, the Sydney one was a bit of a blowout as well, and at the SCG, great to see footy return to the SCG um, as curtain raises. I reckon it was great too, because uh, I, I, I was thinking, you know, South Melbourne versus Fitzroy. <laughs> That's what it would have been in the back, the, back in the old days. So, um, yeah, no, it's good to see that um, Kern raises happening, and you know, there should be probably more of them. Hundred percent. Like um, the game we attended a week and a half, a week ago, out at Windy Hill. Um, why that could not have been played after the main game at the MCG? Um, Obviously, couldn't play it beforehand because maybe the with the Anzac Day rules on shops and all that sort of stuff, but and also the setting up for the um, ceremony, pre-game ceremony. But um, yeah, no, it was a good um, good weekend for some clubs. A horror weekend for um, Coburg and the Northern Bullhands. Um, yeah, yeah, and um, if just quickly at the ladder, the, t- the top eight has Casey first, GWS second, Carlton third, Collingwood fourth, Southbourne in fifth. Sandy in sixth, Brisbane in seventh, and Richmond rounding out the eight. So, yeah, yeah a bit of a bit of a um, an interesting round of VFL footy. We've still got uh, the one one standalone team in there, Southport, and yeah, um, yeah surrounded by um, standalones, and then two two aligned clubs in Sandy and, and um, Casey. So. Yeah, now it's an interesting top eight, and you know, still a long season to go. Things can change and definitely. all that stuff. But it, um, Essendon and Williamstown have definitely made it difficult for themselves with those starts. Um, we're heading to a break and we'll do the VFLW later on in the show. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. We'll we'll head to a break and we'll be back after the break with our first special guest in the evening, Will Hayes from the Carlton Football Club. Looking forward to having a chat to Will. You're listening to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. Ready, set. For easy, automatic trucks, budget's good to go. One of Australia's largest rental fleets at great rates. All you need is a regular car licence. Book now at budgettrucks.com.au or call 13 27 27. 
With Budget, you're good to go. Budget Rent-A-Car Blackburn is a proud sponsor of 94.1 FM 3WBC. With 400 metres left to go in the Say It Now stakes, what a race it is. I wish I did. Was going to say it. I should have. Ahead of I never told you I love you. A length away is regret, remorse, followed by in the living years. But here comes Tobin Brothers, say it now. Tobin Brothers, say it now. What a champion. Thanks, Brian. So don't wait till it's too late to tell loved ones how much you mean to them. Say it now. Find out more at tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Tobin Brothers Funerals are a 3WBC sponsor. 3WBC Football is brought to you with the support of our sponsors. Budget Car and Truck Rental. Tobin Brothers Funerals. Birdies Mini Golf and Sports Bar. LMP Antiques Casino. And welcome back to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. We're at the point of our first special guest, and we'll get straight to him. Joins us from the Carlton Football Club, Will Hayes. Will, welcome to VFL Rewind, and thanks for taking our call. Thank you very much for having me. G'day, Will. Uh, she's speaking. Congratulations on a big season so far, personally, and the Carlton VFL side doing really, really well. Um, after the disappointment of getting delisted by the Western Bulldogs, um, what approach did you take to select your next club or what you were going to do after you were de- delisted from the highest level? Uh, yeah, it was pretty simple for me going forward. Um, it was just the club that was going to work um, geographically uh, for work because I, I worked at Flemington Racecourse with the horses and also it just happened to be that Carlton showed the most interest. So it was quite a logical decision for me in the end. Uh, we did want to ask you, um, yeah, started the year very well, and um, I don't know if you've been informed, but you won our VFL Player of the Year Award. We started a new award this year, a Player of the Month Award, not Year, Player of the Month Award for April. So um, congratulations on that. We will get the prize out to you. Um, we thanks to Piranha Snacks. We've got a, got a little uh, hamper there for you, so we'll get that out to you. Um, how have you seen your start to the year? It's, uh, it's been pretty special, um, some pretty high numbers um, stats-wise. Oh, that's unreal. Thank you very much for that. Um, we much appreciate it. And yeah, I've been very fortunate this year at Carlton with um, Dan O'Keefe. He's shown a lot of support behind me and put me in positions like inside mid and a lot of opportunities for me to use my work rate and just get the contest. So um, it's pretty easy when you're surrounded by as many good players as I am as well. So just really enjoyed the start of the season. We've started off strong. We've only had the one loss and um, we're building nicely. Obviously, staying in the VFL system, the, the fire and the belly still there to play at the highest possible level. Um, working at Flemington with the horses, mid-season draft coming up, um, how would you go if, uh, say, an interstate side uh, called out your name? Yeah, I'd definitely be going for sure. As you said, the fire and the belly still to play at the highest level. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now if I didn't want to do it. Yeah. So, um, with the mid-season draft, I'd, um, I'd go anywhere to play AFL. I uh, will. Did want to ask you about one of your teammates? A uh, very exciting player. It must be good to have him by his side, Ben Crocker. Um, how 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 you been lining up with Ben? Uh, he's a bit of a little excitement machine around goal. Yeah, he's um, he's unreal to have a presence up, and his presence up forward. Um, he's second to none. Um, whenever he gets it, he always looks likely to kick goal. So, as you said, um, it's pretty nice whenever you're looking up the ground that you see Ben Crocker laying up there. And another one of your teammates, Jesse Motlop. Um, how far away do you reckon he is from an AFL debut? Because he's um, been absolutely dominating in the VFL um, in recent weeks. Yeah, he's, a, he's, he's very flashy. He's, um, he can't be too far away. He's, uh, he's a great player to play with as well. Because not only does he do the flashy things, he also does the team things. So 
Um, I think the way he's going, he can't be too far from an AFL debut. I do want to ask you about the uh, the, the horses and the, the Lindsay Park uh, training facility. Uh, how do you go mixing, I guess, um, I guess you spend a lot of time at the track, um, I guess in the off-season, how do you go mixing your training, I guess, with um, with footy? I guess, do you ride the horse as much, or is, is any of that fitness, I guess, the horse training-wise, is that any, is it any of it fitness-based, riding a horse? I'm, I've got no idea. Yeah, no, it's it's not it's not ideal um, riding a horse. To be honest, it cooks your groins pretty quickly. <laughs> um, but the um, the the balance is just done with great difficulty. Um, obviously, the industries um, probably don't match hand in hand with um, horse racing being so early in the morning and then um, their cell training is at night. So really, I'm just. Um, spend my whole life taking sleep at the minute. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was the next question. Um, does your um, employer give you a little bit bit of time off to go home and have a bit of a snooze before you head off to um, training on Monday, Wednesday, Thursday nights, whenever that may be at Carlton? Uh, absolutely not. So, <laughs> no, no days off, unfortunately. So, we get one day off every 14, and that's just an industry standard. Oh, um, so, no, I'm often working in the morning of games and everything like that, and the day after, so it's... Um, it's a I will do want to ask you the big win against North Melbourne. Uh, it, it must be exciting. I guess you, you picked the right club to land up because you, the Carlton Footy Club and the VFL are doing very well at the moment. I, I think they're five and one, so it's pretty exciting times. Um, as well as I guess the team, you're starting to build something, a bit of momentum there. Yeah, well, my first impressions of the club when I first got there were really good. Um, then it's they got a great um, foundation, an incredible, incredibly professional sort of set up in the VFL, so it's, um, to me it's no surprise we're going so good, so I just hope it's not a good time that I've lost up when I have. Well, Will, we really appreciate you joining us tonight. Um, as we mentioned, um, yeah, our VFL Player of the Month, uh, we thanks to Piranha Snacks. We'll get get that out to you in the next few weeks, but uh, yeah, congratulations on the great start to the year. Uh, yeah, we're really excited that you were willing to come on, and uh, yeah, good luck for the, for the next few weeks coming up. Thank you very much, appreciate it. Uh, All no. the best for the rest of the year, mate. Thanks, Will. Will. Will Hayes there from the Carlton Footy Club. Uh, great guy. Uh, always enjoyed watching him when he was on the VFL list at Footscray, and uh, I was wrapped when he got an opportunity to be drafted. So hope hope mid-season draft we hear we hear um, an opportunity that he gets picked up again. I just hope Will gets some sleep, man. It doesn't sound very appealing having to be at work at four thirty in the morning and probably getting home at, from training um, probably about eight eight thirty. I'm guessing because um, being a part-time footballer now, that's obviously training in the evenings as well. So, and one day off in 14. So that obviously says he's probably got a special deal because obviously playing footy um, each Saturday, probably 12, 12 and 2 or something like that. But um, yeah, it's um, a great story if he gets oh. another chance. And I hope, you know, for Will, you know, Probably ideally, he's played all these good football at Carlton. I hope Carlton has a spot for him, but there's probably a few other clubs that could easily fit him in. I could see him going up to the Swans and then hanging around Royal Randwick. I could see him going <laughs> about half a dozen clubs, to be honest. Um, yeah. The way he plays and, and, and the, the numbers he gets um, as an inside mid are pretty exceptional. And you know that with Will Hayes, what you're going to get, yeah. he's ready-made, he's, he's, you just... He just goes into your into your selection to be a top, you know, into best twenty two. So, I I I think that it was extremely unlucky to be delisted by Western Bulldogs. You do wonder why that's happened. Maybe too many players that have uh, that were similar, like Will. Um, we'll go, go do the VFLW now, and I'll get that started. Our first game was at the Preston City Oval between um, the Northern Suburbs rivals Darabin and Collingwood. 
Collingwood had an easy win there, 8-7-55 to Darabin, 3-3-21. Um, the next game was at uh, Saturday afternoon at Port Melbourne where Geelong won 7-8-50 to 2-5-17. Um, the next game was at 2 o'clock in the afternoon after the VFL game at the win over where Essendon continued on their merry way, 7-7-49 to the Western Bulldogs, uh, no goals, two behind, so very tough year for them. And the game at Trevor Barker Oval yesterday morning, 9.45, uh, Southern Saints 6.844 to uh, Williamstown 4.428, so a 16-point win there. At Icon Park um, yesterday morning, North Melbourne, they would be the most frustrating VFL team. Like at the start of the year, they were getting hammered, flogged, and all of the above. And now they're just, I think, a game out of the top six there. Um, 8 5 53 defeated Carlton, 4 2 26. And you guys had a Ripper game yesterday with um, the um, Hawks inflicting the first loss on the um, Casey Demons and comprehensively as well, 7 11. 53 to 2214. Yeah, it was a bit of a bit of a surprise that as we I think we mentioned the week before, Casey were undefeated, or you mentioned that Casey were undefeated in the VFLW, yeah. the men's and, and the women's. Yeah. Um and yeah, they, they lost their first game, so it was a bit of a shock. The only undefeated team left in the VFLW is Essendon, who are now on top of the ladder with nine wins and a draw, um, followed by Hawthorne, nine wins and a loss. Casey Demons have fallen to third now with nine and one. Southern Saints, they're in fourth spot with six wins, three losses and a draw. Uh, Geelong, um, Geelong um, are there with six and four. And um, the Darabin Falcons are still hanging on with um, uh, five wins and five losses. So they're keeping Colling Collingwood's got the superior percentage, but um, one less win. So wouldn't that be nice if Darabin could just finish off the year now with... Um, I think there's what's there left. There's four weeks left if they can finish off with maybe two or three wins and secure a spot in the finals. Um, be a great story. Yeah, be a, if a standalone club. Um, and, you know, even if they only went one or two weeks but were respectable, you could say, geez, they've got a good future to build. And obviously, obviously new clubs coming in will raid them as well, unfortunately. Yeah, that's the thing. Darren Falcons have been the, the probably the surprise packet of the VFLW season this year. Yeah. Uh, Taylor, two different, uh, two different uh, clubs, I guess you could say. Um, Col uh, not Carlton, Essendon, are top of the ladder in the men's, and um, I think they're bottom or second last in. I mean, they're top, top in the um, women's, and they're second last in the in the men's. So, um, yeah, a bit of a lopsided one there for the Essendon Footy Club in the VFL. Uh, we've got a few minutes until we get our next special guest on, but we need to discuss this because it's extremely important. Actually, yeah. there's a milestone this week. Um, a great man of the VFL. Celebrates his 250th game. Frankston game. Frankston game. VFL men's. Yep. Uh, and he, hopefully they, they do a big thing. Maybe a banner, I'm not too sure. Maybe a guard of honour. But Michael Robinson uh, brings up 250 this week. Well, that deserves a quarter and chicken chip um, a pack from Red Rooster as well. I'll um, pick that up when I come across from Beaconsfield on Saturday evening across to Frankston Oval. So um, fantastic effort by Robbo, 250 for Frankston. I think, what's he got it all up? Um, I think over 300, hasn't he? Um, well, if you include the Devon League, I think it's up near 600 now. That's oh, crazy. And um, include the VFLW, I think it'd be over 600. So. Yeah. Oh, geez, it's out of control then. Like, um... 
hopefully Jason Bennett or Nigel Carmody go up there and interview him in that timekeeper's box. Um, you know, we were there, out there a few weeks ago against North Melbourne. There was a massive crowd there. Let's hope they get a... There's no reason there shouldn't be a big crowd there at Frankston. And, you know, with, with Robbo's 250, obviously, obviously we're not referring to that. But both uh, Frankston and Frankston um, on a Saturday night and Carlton are travelling well as well. I'd love to see another two and a half, three thousand at Frankston on on Saturday night, and no, no doubt Robbo will tell us they're all, all there for him. Yeah, yeah. But, the, um, the, I think I think Robbo. Um, hopefully the Frankston Footy Club do do something for him. Um, I think it'd be a nice tribute. Um, because yeah, we didn't mention that Robbo was the timekeeper for, uh, GW. Oh, not GWS. Gold, Gold Coast, Coast Suns, and he was Tasmania. Tasmania. Yeah. Over the over the journey, so yeah. he has done a few. few picked up a few. Games as well. He spent a year at um, Sandringham when Frankston weren't in the competition. Um, you know what they could do for Robbo? We've got Frankston Carlton. And we, you know where I'm heading here. I know with where the, you're heading. With the link, I reckon Robbo should actually... They're playing for the Rocky Lloyd Cup or the Adrian Lloyd Cup because he spent time many years at Frankston. Um, you know, he's a mover and shaker at that club, isn't he, Brad? He's a very, uh, very good networker. Yeah, very so, good, there's some very important people in the room down at Frankston a few weeks ago. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so he's, um, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe get him to present the um, Rocky Lloyd Cup to the winning team on on um, Saturday night. You know, that would be um, fitting, wouldn't it? It would be. It would be. It'd be nice. To, I love all these little cups and that. They're, they're always good to have. Have some, you know, make a game out of something, you know, make make a thing and invites the, the gets the fans involved as well and yep. have a little ceremony. I think it's a, all these little things we we need to do more. I think because the AFL do it a lot. Yeah, I, like how about Melbourne changing their name to the Aboriginal name from Melbourne? So that's a, and their jump is wonderful in the AFL. Oh, how good is it? I've already added it to the collection, so I'm uh, I'm wrapped with it. It actually reminds me of uh, we were talking, yeah. the old Yarraville jumper back in the early '80s, um, with a little bit of extra art put onto it. But um, yeah, no, well done to Robo Two Fifty at Frankston, and hopefully a big crowd down there. We'll we'll probably venture down there on Saturday night. Um, I'll definitely be out in the southeast in the afternoon, catching up with the great Gary Ayers and Mick Fogarty. Both of them have had VFL coaching experience, so. Uh, Mick down as an assistant coach at Frankston and Gary obviously at Port Melbourne. Yeah, we'll have to get Gary on the show for our VFA Legend segment down the track. We'll, um, be good to chat to Gary. Um, that'd be that'd be for sure. It'd be good to talk to Mick as well. Mick's, Mick's a good character <laughs> to have a chat to, and you know maybe get David Dunbar back on as well. Oh, he was my favourite that night. <laughs> that, that, that was that was a great night with David Dunbar. He's just said how it is, and yep, I love that. He doesn't sugarcoat it. That's what I like about Dave Dunbar. Yeah, it was, it was a good it was a good uh, night that night. We're going to go to a break now. We're going to be back with our second special guest. Skipper of the GWS Giants in our Ryan Hebron. You're listening to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. 3WBC Football is brought to you with the support of our sponsors. Budget Car and Truck Rental. Tobin Brothers Funerals. Birdies Mini Golf and Sports Bar. LP Antiques and Collectibles. Aaliyah Framing. Piranha Foods. MR Davids Constructions. Dragon City Tattoos. Buffalo Sports. And the Blackburn Hotel. Thank you for your ongoing support of 94.1 FM, 3WBC and 3WBC Football. And welcome back to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. We're at the point of our, our second special guest of the evening. He joins us on the line now. He's the skipper of the GWS Giants in the VFL, Ryan Hebron. 
Ryan, welcome to VFR Rewind. And uh, G'day, Ryan Lausche speaking. Um, tell us um, how you got to GWS, because you've had um, previous VFL experience at um, the Werribee Football Club. Yeah, so uh, before going to Werribee, uh, I was at Sydney Uni playing in the NAFL um, and worked with uh, a great coach and friend called Lloyd Paris. Um, he got a job working with the Giants women's team. Uh, and, yeah, as soon as I heard that he'd been involved um, with the Giants VFL team and and also that Damien Trust loved someone who um, had a lot of respect for um, and got along really well with, he was head coach. So it was yeah perfect, perfect fit for me as a player. Um, so, yeah, got made the move uh, to Giants and, yeah, it's been a, a good start to the year, obviously. Was the move inspired by COVID in 2020? Because you did um, play for North Shore up there, didn't you, in um, 2020? Yeah, so um, I was really enjoying my footy with Werribee. Um, I'd moved down there, uh, played a, a year there, um, and then was keen... Uh, keen to do another year, so um, yeah, that that second season at Werribee got cut short. I think we played a practice game against Geelong, had a really really strong side. Um, so it was heartbreak when that season got cancelled. And you know, I was studying um, up at Sydney Uni, and my partner lives in Sydney, so um, it was a no-brainer to come back. Uh, and then when you know. All the seasons were cancelled, played up in Sydney with North Shore, um, about eight games there. Um, and then, yeah, I was always keen to, to play at the highest level possible. So um, when the East Coast structure came in play, um, finishing my studies up here and playing for a, a VFL side up here was you know, perfect for me. So, yeah. Uh, Ryan, I did want to ask you um, a little bit about Jake Riccardi. Nine goals on the weekend. Uh, you don't see that much in the VFL. Uh, how was your game against the Bullants? And um, it must be good to uh, yeah be up there in the top four at the moment. Yeah, I mean that doesn't happen every day. We, um, you know, we respected the the Bullants. They obviously beat the Swans convincingly the yeah, two weeks ago. Um, yeah, we. It was, it was our first four-quarter performance. We um, worked really well, you know, backline, mids, forwards. Um, and, and Rick obviously had an all-time game. So, um, yeah, it was good to have front row seats for that. You don't see that very often. <laughs> and he hit the post as well. He's, his last shot on goal hit the post, so he's very close to 10. Oh. So I'm sure he'll settle with that. Yeah, I think did he kick? I think he kicked nine one. Did he? Surely he didn't kick ten yeah. straight. Oh, he would have kicked ten he, straight. He, he, he would have kicked ten straight. It, it literally hit the inside of the post. So, oh. um, yeah, can't be too disappointed. Um, I'm sure he's, you know, his shoelaces were getting worn out after that day. So, did you um, did you play with, with Jake at Werribee or was was that, did you cross I part? I did. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it was pretty pretty nice. Um, that was probably another factor. Like. I obviously didn't expect to play much footy with him in the twos, but um, 
you know, it's pretty special having had, you know, a good year with him at Werribee and, and seeing him come through and get drafted. Um, we spent a lot of time together doing one-on-ones in Werribee and, yeah, we've sort of picked up where we left off and, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's got a lot of AFL footy ahead of him and um, the weekend just sort of emphasised that, didn't it? Um, yeah, Ryan, I wanted to also ask you about... Uh, there's there's um, a bit of a funny story, I guess, going around to GWS, and that is uh, Shane Munford. He has a has a few lives. He's come come back out of retirement a couple of times. I I did hear that he was put on the uh, COVID self uh, top up list. Uh, has he been training with you boys? Have you seen him around? Um, does does he still pop his head in there every now and then? <laughs> oh, for sure. He's he's obviously um, one of the coaches. He's always hooning around, putting little hip and shoulders on blokes, making <laughs> sure it on our toes and he's got a mean floater so he's always um kicking floaters at us making sure with <laughs> the hands are on point i think if you can sort of like a, a dodgeball like if you can catch one of mummy's uh floaters you can catch anything so <laughs> um yeah it's good having him around for sure he's, he's so much fun He's talking about guys with more lives. Um, uh, Sam Reed, he'd have to be popping up somewhere along the lines as well at, at that club because he, he was he delisted three times and drafted again. Yeah, I, I haven't heard much from him, but I'm sure he's uh, <laughs> he's popping around. He's obviously a very well respected bloke and player, so yeah, it'd be good to have him back. <laughs> um, one of your recruits, AFL-wise, from the West Coast Eagles, Jared Brander. How far away do you reckon he would be from um, AFL selection? How's he been going at VFL level? Yeah, oh, I, I reckon he's a star. I think he, he's he got a very bright future, very dynamic in the positions he can play. Um, you know, I, I'm definitely not in the match committee, but um, <laughs> I'm backing him in to yeah, have a, a good career at AFL level for sure. Got awesome attributes. We had a regular player from Box Hill in the last couple of years, a Sydney boy, I believe you may know him, Braden Kilpatrick. Um, his mum always said, oh, you, I know he knows Ryan Hebron from <laughs> and all that. Now, can you tell Braden to get back to Sydney next year and um, give VFL a go? Because I reckon he'd be great at either with you guys at GWS or even with oh, the Swans. Because like, uh, he's playing local footy this year. So I'm hope- I yeah. was going to say. He's, he's. Uh, I don't, that's by choice. I don't think uh, Box Hill wouldn't have released him because he's a dominant player. But um, if he does get back to Sydney at the end of the year, I don't know what his plans are. But um, definitely getting his ear to um, give it another crack at VFL level. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, he's a very silky, classy player. So belongs at, at VFL level and um, or above. So yeah, might have to give him a call. Um, uh, around November. <laughs> good move. You, you won't regret it if he says yes. <laughs> he's a very good. Yeah, player. Oh, no way. I, I, I love Killer. He's, he's a ripper. <laughs> uh, Ryan, I do want to ask you um, a little bit about um, where I, I know that the games. It's a little bit um, interesting in, in Sydney, I guess. With the, I guess, I heard there's a new facility being built at Newtown. Um, will the GWS team always train it? Do they train at Blacktown, or how does all that work? Yeah, so uh, we train at. Tom Wills Oval um, at Homebush. Uh, if it's a giant stadium game, then they'll do um, one or two of their main sessions at the stadium. Um, the the go with Blacktown, that's sort of the reserves, Giants reserves, VFL home ground. Um, 
unless we get a curtain raiser at Giants Stadium before the AFL team. The Henson Park, I believe, is the Swans women's uh, home ground. So um, I, I live in Newtown, so it would be perfect for me. Um, I don't know if I'd qualify. <laughs> it's, it's a great ground. I was watching an uh, AFLW game from there early in the year. I think the Giants were playing. I was, it's a bit like a... Um, Oh, no, it's like cauldron. a coliseum. Yeah, it's cauldron. Yeah, you look... Yeah, oh, it's so good. It's such a vibe down there. Um, it's the old... Yeah, it's got like the hill, the hill surrounding it, like a bowl, so... It's the old um, Newtown Jets jealous. ground, isn't it? The rugby league it ground? Is. Yeah, That's I do. right, yeah. Yeah, Newtown's a very old traditional suburb there. Like, every time I get up to Sydney, it reminds me of the suburb where I grew up, Oakley, a lot of... A big Greek community there as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, no, it's, it, it's awesome, and... I'm sure those games will be packed in the years to come. We we played a lot of footy there at Sydney Uni in the Nisle days, so um, know it well and yeah, big fan. Yeah, it's it's a it's a great ground for anyone who does love their footy grounds. Uh, final question from me. I wanted to ask you a little bit about Bailey Stewart. Um, um, how's he going? And uh, yeah, um, it's good to see some um some players get an opportunity. Yeah, so um, Bailey obviously went through the Swans Academy. Um, and then played some really good footy with the Swans Reserves and Sydney Uni in um, a couple of years ago, obviously pre-COVID. Um, he's he's such a a good player, um, but he had a, a couple of years of like on-off injuries, um, a, a bit of bad luck around that. Um, so yeah, this year it's just um, been really good to see him, you know, build into that that form that we know he's capable of. I think he played played really well the last few games, and um, I think you know he's got the potential to really dominate the VFL. And um, yeah, it's it's been great to to play with him so far. Uh, well, Ryan, we really appreciate you joining us tonight, giving us a bit of an insight of what's going on with GWS Giants. Uh, great to hear that his boys are doing well. Uh, yeah, bad luck for Jake Riccardi, almost got the magical 10. But uh, yeah, good luck for the rest <laughs> of the, the season. Hopefully you boys can keep on winning and uh, yeah, be a contender up there when the finals come. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. No Thank, worries. Thanks, Ryan. All the best. Ryan Hebron, the, the, the skipper of GWS Giants. Here. Great guy. It was great to have a bit of a chat with him. And A very well-spoken um, yeah. man. You can tell that he goes to the University of Sydney. Went to a good uni and um, he's ended up back in home, yeah. in his home state. I think I think that's a real positive um, with the VFL comp. I guess boys can, you know, if they're from Queensland or New South Wales and go home. And we, we, I'm happy that he's going to ring up Braden Kilpatrick at the end of the year and inquire because I think Braden should be playing VFL football. And I know his mother and father, Samantha and Andrew, would love to have Braden back in Sydney and playing at the highest possible level, level whether that's at the Giants or the Swans. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great story, and hopefully Braden does get back up up oh. to New South Wales and. Give himself the best opportunity to uh, to play at the highest level because, as we know, he's an exceptional player. Yeah, he's playing at a good Eastern Footy League club in South Croydon, but I believe Brayden should be playing um, State League or, you know, so, as um, Ryan said, maybe even um, a rookie list of player um, on an AFL list because he's um, he's silky smooth, as as Ryan said. Yeah, he's he's a very good player, and yeah, the. I guess the thing we didn't know, it's a good thing about getting players on for an interview. You, they give you a bit of an insight of what happened, and we didn't know about uh, Jake Riccardi kicking, almost mm. kicking 10. So Yeah, well, with Brian, I never had a choice. He came to me on the field when I was boundary rider. That's right. He, every, every, he loved the media. Every, everyone loves loves getting around. Like, actually, um, mm. yesterday, uh, 
uh, the team uh, awarded a football to uh, James Parsons, and uh, he's that. a good fella. He's, a, he's one that you might have to introduce yourself to. Very uh, likable guy. I saw the young Fletcher presenting him with a Buffalo footy in the social club. So that was a, um, and he's played some very good football as well for um, Box Hill this year. So that's um, uh, good. All things looking well. Um, if, if Box Hill get into the finals. Um, we're going to get our next guest on very, very shortly, yeah, or we've yeah. got a minute or two to chat? Or... Well, yeah, we've got a minute or two to chat. We may yeah. as well. Um, so, yeah, um, I did want to mention as well, as we normally do, uh, Canine at Box Hill was, uh, yeah, it was probably a three out of three out of ten, I reckon. Um, they're running out of food. They're running out of food. The, the, line, was, the line was pretty long. Um, people weren't happy, and, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a, <laughs> bit of a letdown. So... Uh, well, I, I had the last laugh then where I was at the Auburn Vale Football Club in the Western Region Football League, that great club out of um, Robert Bruce Reserve, and you should have seen the canteen there. It probably would have been the Northern Bull Ants because chicken tenders, dim sims, um, pies, chips with gravy, chico rolls, the, the, the opposition we won't mention, the, that other roll, um, pies, pasties, you name it, mate, it was there. You know, they um, it was just... Hello, hot dogs, you know, um, hot dogs with cheese, so um, a variety of drinks and all that, and um, the place was rocking the local derby on Saturday, and then I had the honour of going back there um, on Sunday morning and leading the West Side boys and girls to a great victory against the private school boys of um, Peenley and Essendon Grammar, 74-point win, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's great. I rocked up to training on Thursday night, and they were misbehaving, I go, okay, guys, 3K time trial. Gee, it's up pretty rough. It's up to you. It's up. It, well, um, it, they got they got a little bit smarter, and I actually said, "Oh well, bring your mouth guards and helmets tomorrow." Gee, you're a pretty uh, brutal coach. You, well, we got the results. You got the results. That's the thing. Um, I'll be back. I'll be back this week. <laughs> We're going to go to a break now. We're going to be back after the break with Donald McDonald. Really looking forward to chatting to him. You're listening to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. 3WBC Football is brought to you with the support of our sponsors. Budget Car and Truck Rental. Tobin Brothers Funerals. Birdies Mini Golf and Sports Bar. LP Antiques and Collectibles. Aaliyah Framing. Piranha Foods. MR Davids Constructions. Dragon City Tattoos. Buffalo Sports. And the Blackburn Hotel. Thank you for your ongoing support of 94.1 FM 3WBC and 3WBC Football. And welcome back to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM at 3WBC. We're just having a bit of a difficulty getting Donald McDonald on the line, so I'll try again in about a minute or so. Uh, we can, we've got, a, we've got a bit of time still up our sleeves, so hopefully uh, Donald does give us a call back. We'll actually look at the um, upcoming games in the VFL in the next round. Um, Brisbane-Coburg, the Battle of the Lions um, on the on Saturday up up there. It's um, currently looking like, like it's going to be a very... Um, a comfortable win to the Brisbane Lions, but hopefully the Coburg Lions can prove us wrong. Um, 
Port Melbourne play Richmond at ETU Stadium, and um, that should be a, a very close game. Richmond, early on, we were up and down. Uh, Werribee plays Sydney at Avalon Airport uh, Saturday afternoon, and, um, yeah, they should be great games. Uh, we're at the point now, we, we've got the great man on the line. Absolutely honoured to have this man. Uh, two-time premiership coach at two different clubs. Also, as we mentioned before, last captain coach in the VFA slash VFL slash AFL, I guess you could say as well. And he joins us on the line now. Donald McDonald, thank you very much for taking our call and looking forward to having a bit of a chat. No, that's fine, boys. Good to, good to be on the line with you. G'day, Donald Lauschie speaking. Now, you were involved in two of the most infamous games, 1987 in London and 1993 at Princess Park, Port Melbourne. Which one was scarier? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny, you know, the London game, the the London game was, oh, well, I suppose it was, um, yeah, a bit, bit sorry at times, but not too bad. The, the one we went to London, we went to London 86, 87. In 86, say when I was a bit scared, was at half-time... There was about 600 drunk Englishmen running around the ground playing this game <laughs> with a ball, and we came out, we were trying to start the game, and I said to a few of me, get off the ground, you idiots, you know? And a few of them started to turn on me. I thought, jeez, I'm in a bit of strife here. So um, that was scary, but the London game, yeah, there was a bit going on, but the, the, the thing that was a bit different with the 93 game was when the crowd ran onto the ground. You know, I wasn't worried about the, the, the fighting and all that. I mean, it was more the crowd. You know, when I looked around and Joskin got hit by someone, you know, from the crowd, I thought, geez, that's no good. You know, so, um, so yeah, that was, that was a really interesting one. It was a great, um, apart from what happened at the end of um, at the game, the 93 grand final was a fantastic day for the Werribee Football Club. Can you confirm, um, when you were in the club rooms before the game, you actually said to um, Jack Aziz, um, J, uh, JC's looking down on us, and he actually turned around and said, nah, it's Arla looking down on us. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, there was a, there, there's definitely a reference to that. I'm not too sure it was at the grand final, but, um, yeah, no, we, uh, we were very happy when the rain came um, the night before because Port had a little bit of a speed edge over us. So, uh, no, and we'd had three big finals in a row out at Moorabbin, so we were feeling the pinch a bit. So, yes. Yeah, Jack was uh, he was a big fan of our yeah. <laughs> Uh Donald, we, we did mention, I did mention to you um, off-air that uh, we've had two of your players, would you call them players or teammates from that, that game, uh, in Frank Lezapudi and uh, Ian Wilson. I'm on in the show in the past. Uh, what can you tell us about them boys? They're uh, very, uh, very colourful characters and, uh, yeah, great premiership players for the Werribee Footy Club. And Willow's actually yeah. listening in. No, well, um, well, I better be on my best behaviour with Willow then, but Willow is, Willow is a, uh, a man of the world and he's, um, he's very cultured. You only have to follow some of his podcasts, I think it's called podcasts or the post or whatever he does, he sends these things out and I read them. <laughs> um, but it could be a movie review, it could be a bit about footy, it could be about anything. He's, he's, uh, he's a well, well-educated man. Well, He's got a very strong opinion on things. Um, and he was, uh, oh, he was great to have um, when I went to Werribee. I mean, he's unbelievably supportive and, um, you know, and he brought a different aspect of things and uh, very tough footballer. Um, real strong ball player 
And, you know, I was fortunate to have, you know, Willow's helped me out with different coaching things over the journey. has been fantastic. And Frankie uh, is another fella, and I would definitely call them teammates because, um, you know, when I, when I was actually captain coach, I just really thought of myself as a teammate, you know, not so much as a coach, probably a leader maybe, you know, but, um, um, you know, we had really good people off the field, Dennis Davey and Tony Fury, so we were fortunate in that regard. And Frankie was, you know, a really courageous footballer. And, and look, the great thing about it was, you know, he played, like Willow played a really good standard of footy um, in, in Queensland and, and Frankie had played AFL and, you know, was a really good reserve player. So, you know, to have those boys on our list was fantastic. And they, were, they both had strong voices and presence out on the ground, which is a really underrated thing, you know. If you look at a lot of good, good sides, you know, they've got a lot of guys that, that are talking and instructing, you know, I think to have someone like Frankie behind the ball and Willow around the ball, um, tough, courageous, respected by their teammates and then having a really good understanding of footy, that was one thing. And then the other thing, as soon as we got off the field, you know, they mixed it with the best in that area as well. So it really led itself to an unbelievable environment. Over the journey, you've played with some colourful characters like you've had. We've talked about Jack Aziz. There was Phil O'Keefe, Jay, Jason Love, Vinny Tosinovich, Sean Smith. Who, who would be the um, m- uh, most colourful out of those um, five? Oh, definitely Joskin. <laughs> I mean, um, he was. It was such. It was so good to play with him. You know, like I mean, it was funny. You know, like I played. I was very fortunate in the AFL career to play with some unbelievable players. You know, and. Um, when I came to Werribee, you know, one of the boys said to me, oh, you've got to go and see. I, this fellow's name was Kirk Norton, and um, he was one of the committee men at, at Werribee. He goes, mate, you've got to go and see this, this fellow, Joskin, as is, because honestly, I reckon he said he, he thinks he's the best player in the uh, in the VFA at the time, and he goes, if we could get him, he goes, it'd be unbelievable, you know. And I said, oh, no worries. So anyway, I'll go and visit. I'll never forget, I went down to visit him at the Newport Rail Yards. That's what he was, and he... And it was like I was going for an audience with a kid, you know, because he, he brought, you know, he had this little setup and he had this chair and this was like his lucky throne, you know. <laughs> and um, he didn't really have much of an idea of who I was. <laughs> you know, and he was playing at Willie at the time and Roundy was his coach. And he goes, look, you know, he'd been played back and forward and he wanted to play forward. And he goes, you know, I heard you're a centre-out forward, so you might have some sort of an understanding of, you know, the forwards, whereas Roundy's a ruck. Yeah. And so he doesn't understand me, you know, and I'm thinking, Jesus, Josh, you know, some people might struggle to understand you, mate. <laughs> so, but I was lucky to play with him because I developed a really good rapport with him out on the ground, which helped my relationship with him. But uh, there was some, I remember one day I was actually coaching, so when he was playing, and he took his jumper off and he started walking off the ground, you know. So I said to the runner, you know, well, you know can, you, can you put him on the phone, right? So he comes on the phone, I said, grab your jumper. He comes off the ground. I said, Joskin, what are you doing? You know, he goes, that bloke kept grabbing hold of my jumper. And I said to the umpire, tell him to stop grabbing my jumper because he goes, if he keeps doing it, I'm going to whack him. And he, and he was, I was really strong and not to tell him. <laughs> so he said to the bloke, mate, if you want my jumper so bad, you can have it. And he took it off and threw it at him. <laughs> and I think, oh, mate, how do you handle that as a coach? You know, I was thinking, geez, you know, I said, well, look, Justin, just put your jumper back on, mate, and go out there and, you know, do your best. But uh, oh, he, was, he was such a, he was a great player, and, uh, yeah, but very emotional. 
You know, we had our moments, but um, yeah, he was by far the most colourful player. I'll give him a mark. His finest moment would have been um, in Moorabbin in that preliminary final, the after the siren goal to get you into that grand final. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look, we had... He, he. there was another game earlier, really, I think, at Port. He might have kicked 10 or... You know, we beat Port Melbourne at Port Melbourne and, you know, I think they kicked the first five of the game. And I remember that day I, I played centre-half back and we just had, we, we lost a couple of games in a row and thought, oh, we've got to change up a bit. And Port was a pretty tight ground. Just felt that Justin just needed a bit more room. And, geez, you know, he, he was unbelievable. And then, yeah, some of the games he went off his own boot. And, yeah, the game we played in that prelim, like, there's no doubt. Like, he, he got us over the line, you know, with an unbelievable individual effort. So, so yeah, he, and then come to the grand final, I mean, he only had to kick three to kick 100. And... Um, but he, he played his role. He got punched from pillar to post, and he he you know the guy on him you know he, I don't think he he, he definitely didn't uh, punch the guy behind the play. I think you know that Umbalo that went down, but that created an all in. And but geez, you know we came out with the chocolates, and that's all that mattered. You know? Yeah, no, that was a that was a great day. I actually attended it as a young eighteen year old boy, and it was a very educated, educating um game of football. Yeah. I've never seen anything like it again. But um, going back a little bit, how did you actually get the job down at Werribee, the um, coaching gig? Yeah, well, I was coming to the end of my AFL career or VFL career. I think it might have been AFL at the end of my career, and, and anyway. Um, you know, it's, I, I was still really passionate about playing and I'd played the last few years in North Reserve and I just thought, oh, look, it's time, you know. I just sensed that it was time to move on and especially at North because we had a lot of young key forwards coming up. You know, we had like young McKernan, Longmire, Carey. You could just see where the club was going. So I didn't like my chances getting a game in that forward line. And um, also down back was where I really felt I could have had a, made a contribution but... I just didn't see the video that that was, that was ever going to occur. So I could have gone. Just felt I just always wanted to be a one club player, and um, so an, an opportunity to come and coach Werribee, and um, you know the boys down there. Uh, uh, Bruce Montgomery was the president, and Monty was a North Melbourne supporter, and I, he he was speaking to different people at North, and you know they suggested it'd be good to have a chat. So um, yeah, I went and had a chat to him, and I got offered some unbelievable financial offers from clubs but I wanted a coach and I liked the idea that Werribee had never won a premiership and I knew that they were on the verge, you know, that had some awesome football people there, because guys you know, they had guys like Leon Harris, you know, Neil Danaher, Damien Drum, Bernie Shee so, you know, they had uh, a great football education a lot of those boys, so um, you know, I just had to come in, I think I think my role was probably more, I mean, it's handy, you know, come in and play as a centre-half forward. I mean, you can't, you know, even as a coach, if someone said, oh, we're going to bring a bloke in and he's going to come and kick 50 as centre-half forward, you think, yeah, that'd be handy. But but, but it was more um, bringing them together. Like, we had a fellow called Neil Connell, uh, who was one of my major recruits. You know, I had another fellow, Timmy Harrington, like Tim Rennett was a class player, but I knew Tim through North. So, you know, and as you mentioned Frankie and, and you mentioned, um, you know, Willow, we had, like, we, we, we developed a really great bond and I think my personality might have helped us do that. And I think it was easy for me as a player to get around them and have a beer with them and just train hard with them 
I think we just were able to create a, a great spirit, you know, and that was that was a real that was a real difference for us. I don't want to fast forward a few years out to 2000 and 2001, I think it was the the Box Hill Box Hill Box yeah. Hill Premiership. Uh, how did you end up getting to Box Hill, and uh, how was it? I guess in them first few years, because you coached a few uh, exciting players there first up, didn't you? Yeah, well, it was interesting because I was the GM at Werribee as well. Like after about 90, when, when we we actually got kicked out of the competition, Werribee, when I was there, right. I was coaching, and then. It was funny. I was offered to coach Willie, and I got offered to coach Springvale, and I and and Springvale had won the premiership the year before, and they offered me the coaching job, and I just said nah. It was such a bad decision. I said I don't care if if Werribee play in the Geelong Football League, I'm going to coach them, you know, because I just thought it was so wrong, and I just thought it'd be really poor if I just walked. Um, and anyway, what happened? Uh, you know, we got back in the comp, but we were really at a real disadvantage because we we're the only side that didn't have our own zone. Like, Werribee kids were going to play for Willie. Geelong kids were driving past, past Werribee to go and play for Port Melbourne. Like, it was a joke. So, um, but anyway, we um, we accepted our fate. And so I, was, I became general manager as well. So that was pretty full on. And then I probably felt that I'd, I'd run my race and I'd done as much as I could possibly do. And I felt the club was in really good shape. Like, I always wanted to make sure I left the club in a better space than what it was when I arrived. Now, when I arrived, we were lucky, we were experienced, but we kind of like bring, we brought a whole generation of young kids through and they were all ready to go. Um, and anyway, I got, I knew the Box Hill Hawks job was up, so I knew someone on the board of Box Hill and I just rang them and said, oh, would I be able to put my name in for the job, you know, for the, for the role? And, um, and I've always been passionate about trying to get into an AFL environment. And, um, yeah... I got the job and I was able to coach all the young Hawthorne boys. Um, and a lot of those boys went up and played on their 2008 premiership team. And, you know, it was, um, it was just an awesome experience. I mean, Hawthorne were a great club um, and the Box Hill people were fantastic people, like Johnny Ure and these boys. Like, Box Hill was such a great run club. And, you know, it was just a, a, a match made in heaven. I only lived like 10 minutes from the ground. And, yeah, so I just worked a treat. And, some of those players I was fortunate enough to coach. You know, I had like Hodgie and Brownie and, um, you know, Sammy Mitchell. You know, like, gosh, you know, we were just um, just so blessed. Chance Bateman, Nicky Osman, like, you know, a lot of them were young, cheeky, aggressive footballers and it was just uh, just a fantastic time, you know. Uh, Donald, I did want to ask you about that premiership. Uh, the re- 20 year, it would have been 20 years last year. Did you boys have a reunion or you couldn't because of COVID? No, nah, we couldn't because of COVID and it was... Um, and look, we, it's just probably the way everything transpired. So um, I've been speaking to Tim Hazel. So we need to, you know, we've got to get a bit of work to do. But I'd love to be able to, we'd love to be able to do something later on in the year. Um, I haven't really, I haven't really spoken to Box Hill Hawks about it because I mean it's difficult with them. You know, they've got their relationship with Hawthorne, and you know, time moves pretty quick. So, um, but I will definitely get around to all the boys from that era and. Uh, connect with them and, and make sure we at least do something. And it was really weird because I was actually coaching against Werribee, and you know a lot of those Werribee boys I'd coached, and I had I had fantastic relationships with them. And I remember going into their rooms after the game, and I was I was pretty shattered for them to be honest. I um because I knew that those group of guys really deserved some success. You know, like you know they were a fantastic bunch, and um, 
yeah, but I'm still good mates with a lot of those kids today. So it's, uh, yeah, well, I was very fortunate to be at two fantastic clubs. And you also you also had Ian Wilson there in a coaching role with you as well, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah well, Willow, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Willow's, Willow's coaching again with the Waverley Warriors over 50s. Any chance you can pull <laughs> on the boots for him? Because he's struggling for numbers, mate, and I'm pretty sure he'd welcome you at centre-half forward, mate. Mate, I um, had a run around with the Marflin over 55s a few years ago in the first training session. The next morning I got out of bed and nearly fell flat in my face. My knee was gone. I've had a hip replacement. My shoulder's knackered. Uh, I've played enough footy, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave that one to Willow. <laughs> uh, one final question bef- bef- by me um, before we go, and that is uh, this famous meeting. I'm, I'm happy that I've, I've always heard about this meeting, and I'm happy that you mentioned it a bit earlier. So I've got to ask you about it before we go. So 19, for people who don't know, 1990, it was a 95, they yeah. wanted to merge Port with Willie, then they wanted to merge Werribee with Port, no, a Werribee we, with Willie, Willie yep. and they wanted to do all these things. Um, there's this famous meeting where the merger was going to happen, Werribee and Williamstown walked in a room. Can you paint the picture of what happened, Donald? Because I've heard, I've heard about it and it, there wasn't much budging either way. Yeah, no, there was a lot of, um, yeah, look, it was never, ever going to happen. Like, you know, I mean, like, I don't know what the VFL were thinking at the time because, like, they were arch rivals and they were great games, you know, Willie and Werribee, you know. And Willie, Willie come off a season where they didn't win a game in 95, mm. you know. But they were very fortunate. They had a lot of prominent people in their corner, you know, like, you know, they had Hanbury, um, um, they had um, uh, Joan Kerner, they had... Um, I think they had two or three ex-VFA presidents. Like Phil Cleary was right behind because really was this traditional football club, mm. right? So, you know, it was, it was never going to happen. It was like trying to get Collingwood to merge with someone, you know? And then, um, <laughs> and then Werribee, you know, we were the vulnerable ones, the youngsters on the block. Um, you know, we were, out, we were out a little bit. We weren't in a city. Um, we were stuck between Geelong and Melbourne. And so I think it was... So I think really we're pretty keen on having a lot of things for there that suited them and our president time Chris Montgomery wasn't having a bar of it <laughs> so it was never going to work you know so so yeah and look they had a few meetings I wasn't at all the meetings you know I went into uh, a couple of meetings but not all of them but I just knew my heart of hearts was never going to happen well it's, well it's good that didn't happen because both teams um have yeah flourished since then where, where have we got the new facility uh, Williamstown have got the new facility it's a positive that yeah. didn't happen oh look it's so we're so lucky he didn't have there because both clubs have been so well run, you know. You know, Werribee's got Mark Penalona, who's done an unbelievable job, and Martin Carter is the president. And, you know, Nick Barlow played at Werribee. Now he's coming back and gone and had a great AFL career as coach in Werribee. And then you've got, um, you know, Willie, who, you know, Andy Collins was there for a long time, and the people at Werribee, uh, Willie, are such great football people. So we've been blessed that it didn't happen, you know. Yeah, yeah exactly right. Well, Donald, we really appreciate you joining us. Lashley's got a quick moment, quick more question before well, we go. One more quick question. The current VFL, um, Donald, um, the standalone clubs, um, uh, they seem to be disadvantaged by certain rules and conditions. Um, what's your view on the current VFL? Uh, a compromised competition or a um, competition that you're happy to see the way it's run? Yeah, it's, look... It's a it's a real challenge this one, you know. I think that um, you know, for starters, you know, there's a lot of teams in it, and you know, everyone wants to have a chance of being successful. 
you know, and finals is always something that you want to be playing in or aspiring to play in or always feel that you're a chance with a bit of a rebuild you can get to, where it's difficult for a lot of the clubs. You know, I, I see what happens with North Melbourne's VFL team and, you know, and I see what happens with Werribee and now with, I'm, I'm at I'm footy manager at Old Scotch and prior to that I was out at Avondale Heights coaching out there and so we've always had a bit to do with, because we've been in the Premier League, We've had a bit to do with the VFL clubs about kids coming back because there's no VFL seconds anymore. Yeah, it's a real interesting one, mate. I, I think that the standalone clubs are fine. You know, I think it's I think they can. You know, they've got a great opportunity to, to be strong clubs. You know, because if kids want to go and play AFL, you know, these clubs can have alignments with the the NAB Cup clubs and and be be really strong about being that club in that area. I think that if they do it well, they can they can they can go well the standalone clubs. I think the, the, where it's a challenge is the AFL alignments, um, and especially the standalone AFL clubs. I think they're they, they're in the VFL. I think they're the ones that are, are um, that's, that's going to be a real challenge for them. You know, whether they have two conferences and whether they have an AFL comp versus a VFL comp, and then you know maybe at the end of the year they they have playoffs. I don't know. I think, but at the moment, it just seems like they're really, um, yeah. I'm not right into the rules, but I just seem to think that it's it's we have to have that competition because it's huge. But um, yeah, I'm sure they'll I'm sure they'll get it right at some stage. But it is it it, it is a difficult one, you know. It is, and we really appreciate you joining us tonight, Donald. Great to go go back about the good old days, and uh, yeah, thank you very much for giving up a bit of your time to have a chat about the the old Werribee Premiership days and the Box Hill days. Well, you've obviously got your uh, your order right. You know, you got Leslie Putty and Wilson ahead of me, <laughs> so um, you've got the you got the big guns out of our first, and now you can start working on a few of the old codgers. So, um, well, well, just uh, just before happy, we do happy to get on board, just before we let you go. Uh, uh, Donald, uh, we want to mention we have tried so hard to get Jack Aziz on this show, yep. but we've got roadblock after roadblock. So if he is listening, oh, I highly doubt it, but if Jack Aziz is listening, we'd love to get Jack on the show. Can you help us, yeah, Donald? Uh, it would be, um, yeah, no, no, well, I'll try and reach out to Jack. I haven't spoken to him for a while, yeah. but it doesn't really matter because, you know, I regard him as a, as a great mate. We, you know, when you go through some of the times we went through, it does develop a strong bond and a mutual respect. So I'll see if I can put a call into him. Yeah, oh, you good, you're a good man, Donald. We actually got Vinny Tosinovich to make contact with him about six times, and the answer <laughs> answer Vinny got from Jack was yes, yes, yes. But I think Jack really meant no, no, no. <laughs> no, he's a classic. He's a classic, Joskin. <laughs> but um, no worries, boys. Well, maybe you never know. You get older, Willow, and... What you should do is maybe get hold of Willow and, and Frankie and, um, you know, they might be able to coach Joskin in and, uh, you know, you might get something really happening then. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Leza Party and Wilson are like the odd couple, aren't they? They're like that movie Twins made, Arnold Schwarzenegger and the Danny DeVito. <laughs> They are, a, they are a dynamic duo, very diverse. <laughs> they do seem to relate well. <laughs> Donald, you thank you very much for joining us. And, yeah, good luck um, with, with the kangaroos and at Old Scotch for the rest of the year. Thanks, Thanks mate. Thanks, Donald. Donald McDonald there. That was a fantastic chat. Uh, we went a bit over time, but, uh, yeah, absolute ripper guy, Donald McDonald. I know oh. we started a bit late, but, uh, yeah, we finished off very well with Donald. Yeah, no, it's great. Uh, great chat, and that's what we love about catching up with those old VFA guys, um, whether they coached or played or, so, or um, even were administrators. So, um, yeah, 
hopefully we can raise the bar even higher in future weeks. Exactly right. And that's the end of the show. Thank you very much, Peter Lyas, for joining me. Thank you, Brad. We'll do it all again next week. We'll see you all again next week. You've been listening to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC.